Hey everyone, welcome to the Back Porch Podcast. I'm Andrew Beam. And I'm Corey Dempsey. So we are returning to the Versus series where we take two movies that have a very similar plot, basically similar almost everything, and we're going to compare and contrast it to. To decide that, we're going to take about, well, five rounds as if we're going to say this is an MMA bout, and we're going to judge them on five different points of criteria to reach an ultimate decision on which was the best of whatever theme this is. And also these two movies will come out generally within, well, in the same year or within a year of each other. Right, Corey? Yeah. So, you know, we've done some in the past where they've been within 12 months of one another, not necessarily the same calendar year. These both came out in 2009. Uh, One came out in January of 2009 and the other came out in April of 2009. So yeah, we're going to break them both down and try to decide who's going to be the best of whatever the theme is that we're going to soon discuss, and I guess I have to do an introduction for. Bruce Buffer Beam! From 2009. And we do have a beer that we, well, we do always try to theme it with the episode, I guess, right? But the thing is, is that what we would have to do, and I don't know. We just don't really have anything that can fit these two, so we just I just got a beer. There is a beer, and we need it for the beer crack, because without it, what the fuck are we doing here, right? It wouldn't be the Back Porch Podcast. It wouldn't be yet, so we apologize it doesn't have a theme, but you know what? We're just going to get into it, so let's go. Now, to announce our two movies, Bruce Buffer Beam. Let's hear it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the only event of the evening, sanctioned by absolutely no one. Our four judges scoring the contest this evening are Corey Dempsey, Andrew Beam, Sarah Senecal, and Eric Roberts. There is no referee because just... And now, for those in attendance and the one or two people listening around the world, ladies and gentlemen, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. Live, but not really, because it's actually being recorded in Troy, New York, and again, somewhere in New Jersey, it's... Time! Five rounds for the best movie from 2009 about a depressingly pathetic mall security guard. Introducing first, a film about a mall cop who tries to solve a rash of robberies, but settles for clashing with a streaker. Starring Seth Rogen, Anna Faris, and Michael Pena. Observe and report! And their opponent, a film about a hapless mall cop who thwarts a... Mall heist? Starring Kevin James, Kira O'Donnell, and Jayma Mays. Paul Blart, Mall Cop! Give him the crickets instead. What? <laughs> that one wasn't as good? I thought it sounded No, I just mean for the movies. Oh. Not you. You're doing great, man. Oh, I'm sorry. Am I, I made it about myself. Dude, that was great, man. That was that was all about yourself. <laughs> but anyways, that's right. So we are going to be comparing the two movies about 
these really strange, bizarre mall security guards who have these aspirations to become police officers for one reason or another. They can't be. We're a state trooper, I guess, in one instance. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about Paul Bart Mall Cop and Observe and Report. Now, as I mentioned in the intro, and as Corey did remind me in between this break before we actually did this introduction, I forgot to introduce our two guests here, but you heard it in the introduction. We're being joined by the podcast friend and my wife, Sarah Senecal. Hello. And our good friend, Eric Roberts. Hey, hey. guys. Hey there. You guys, you guys are just fucking nailing it. Just nailing it. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, did we mess something up? Or it's up? because we no, can't you, convince no, you anyone didn't mess else anything. to come on these... Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, no, I think we also just, based on both I their like performances, them. I thought they both did a very good job. And yeah, I'm just teasing. Yeah, well, we don't know anymore. But yeah, both did a great job. We wanted them back. Uh, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Corey, or Eric can correct me if we're wrong here. I think Eric introduced both of these, or brought up both of these movies. I believe, sure did. I believe I did. Was it on one of the podcasts? I, it might have been on one of the podcasts. So what I'm trying to say is I guess we have you to blame for us watching both of these. Although I think to a certain degree, maybe not just for one of them. Well, I'm glad I could make it happen. Yeah. You did a great job. Corey, I know uh, what we try and usually do with this is um, we kind of go through the cast and just basically everyone else kind of involved in making this. Yeah. So our first round is going to be going through the different talent involved. Um, For this discussion, I kind of broke it up into two sections. The creative team, which in the case of one movie, Observe and Report, is just really one guy. And in the case of Paul Blart, Mall Cop is a whole team of people. We'll get to that in a moment. And then I broke it down into the cast after that. Um, So let's start with the creative team. Um, And I'm going to start with Paul Blart, Mall Cop. And, you know, Paul Blart, Mall Cop was brought to us by Happy Madison Productions. For those who are unfamiliar, basically Happy Madison Production is a caveat or a collective name for Adam Sandler and all his cronies. All the cronies that you see in all of his movies, you know, people like Alan Covert and people like uh, Dennis Dugan, who directs a bunch of these films. So they all kind of just contributed. This one was directed by Steve Carr. It's not he's not a typical collaborator with this group. He does a lot of other, you know, kind of crappy comedies, but he was involved in this one. It was written by Kevin James himself, who also stars in the film. Um, But, yeah, it was kind of a collective effort by Happy Madison Productions. Happy Madison Productions had a couple gems early on in their in their life. Fifty first dates. How do you guys feel about fifty first dates? Positively. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Didn't yeah, hate it. Good movie. Uh, it's solid. And they also did Funny People, which is decent enough. Um, I thought Funny People was pretty darn good. Like, in I, terms I of so a Happy too. Madison production, too, I thought, like, overall, like, that, I mean, that was a really well done, fairly, like, as much of a comedy still was fairly serious. Yeah, that, that's an elevated one, and it's pretty solid. Uh, lately, though, they've just been kind of doing straight to Netflix garbage, like The Do Over and The Wrong Missy and a rash of other films that involve David Spade who hasn't done anything good since Tommy Boy um, sorry for catching strays David Spade this isn't really about you not that you're listening but that is neither here nor there wouldn't it be um, something though if he like picked up this podcast and hit us up <laughs> like a pissed off David Spade 
I mean, pissed off David Spade is my favorite David Spade. That's why he's so great in Tommy Boy. Oh, it's so you just think like just provoke him. Vitriolic. The yeah, point here is I'm to provoke. I'm trying to get good David Spade back. Fair, okay. Didn't he like produce, or he was one of the producers on The Circle? On The Circle, yeah. No, he hosted the after Everyone show, or the yeah, reunion. The Circle. Uh, sure, yes, I, I don't know. I mean, as I got, Corey I and I have said, we, we, we have that, that garbage reality television series that we watch. His is The Bachelor. Mine is The Circle. Wait, Eric, what's yours? Ooh, I I got into Project Runway. Like, mm, one season, I'm good. just like, I can't do anything else. I, I have to see who wins. That's not garbage. That's good. Nice. Is that Tyra Banks is involved, or is that another no, one? No, this is Tim Gunn and uh, Heidi Klum. Make it work. <laughs> Ooh, Tim Gunn. Love Tim Gunn. But anyways, what are we um, talking about, The Corey? other one... <laughs> Right. The other creative team is basically just Jody Hill. He wrote and directed this. Jody Hill is a director who kind of stays in a very distinct lane. No shit. Uh, one of the films that he did is The Foot Fist Way with Danny McBride about a karate instructor. Uh, another one that he did, and probably most famously, is Eastbound and Down, which is all about Kenny Powers, who is a charming piece of shit. Um and so that's kind of Jody Hill's thing. He he writes a lot of movies about people who are questionable characters, I'd say. Okay. I saw this was directed by Jody Hill and I oh, thought that God. was a woman and this whole time I was like something does not jive here. Like this does not seem as if it's been directed by anyone with any insight into anything about being a woman and now it, well, okay. it kind of falls into place a little bit more now got it jody male okay dude i was actually it thinking is, that. it is male i i was hoping like maybe there'd be a spin-off type of movie where it was like a female of like, observant report yeah like a female oh. and like you right. know like the roles were reversed because yeah this is it's a male definitely directed this movie is what i'm getting at mm-hmm. so with these two creative teams you get two distinctly different movies despite having a very similar premise while they are both about mall security guards paul blart is a lot more good-natured and i'd say well-intentioned wholesome Um, it's wholesome in a way it's trying to be i I think there's some questions about whether it succeeds or not but we'll get to that right and observe and report is really um it goes for the raunchiness it goes for the raunchiness, but also I feel like it tries to take a serious look at the psychology of what leads to someone to be a mall security guard. And Do you think that it's taking a serious look at the anyways, psyche? We'll get there. We'll get of, there. We'll get there. Of anything? I think closet. Closet. I think it's attempting to. Um, again, wh- whether it succeeds or not is very much up for debate. Reaching. Um, but. Okay. You know, they're, they're taking two very different approaches. You know, one is kind of making it to be a wholesome character. One paints him as a very distinctly piece of shit and tries to unpack what it was that made him that way. Um, so we have two very, very different approaches to a similar subject matter. Eric, let's start with you. Which one Which one do you prefer? Um, see, it's funny. I guess if, if I was... A little bit younger, I probably would prefer Observe and Report because it's like Seth Seth Rogen, you know. It's like I don't know. I guess that's kind of where I would think. But now I actually watched it and I was like, "This is trash." And Paul Blart, I'm like, 
this is great. You know, I can watch it with my family. Yeah, I guess with when I saw Paul Blart, I just thought it was just better because it, it wasn't as raunchy and Observe and Report didn't age well. Like it, I don't know, even thinking in 2009, I think when it came out, like I'm surprised this wasn't talked about more as like uh, some of the stuff's not appropriate. But yeah, I guess if I had to pick, I'd probably say Paul Blart. Sarah, what about you? I guess like if you're saying the premise of Observe and Report is to analyze the psychology of what would happen to this particular individual that ended up this way, that is an interesting script. If and then I don't understand what the script for Paul Blart is though. It's just like a nice guy with like a nice family who's a security guard. I guess like potential in the script would be probably observe and report. I don't. I don't know if I. I. I just don't get the unpacking the psyche of someone who becomes a mall. I guess to a certain degree, with it. But that's not what I took away with watching it. And I guess I'm having a tough time seeing that. And I guess maybe that's where it comes down to the execution of it in, in observing a report. Well, I think when you look at it, you know, they're trying to set up. And again, it, it, it is down to the execution. They're trying to set up that this is a person with bipolar disorder. They're trying okay, yeah. to set up that this is a person. Well, they labeled who, it with anger issues. I mean, he says he has bipolar, but yeah, yeah. yes. Um, and, you know, he has a mother who is a drunk who passes out on the floor. So and, and says all the wrong things to him at all the time. So, you know, they're trying to set up a character who is damaged very heavily and has these delusions of grandeur, who is a gun nut. And so he's a person who's seeking out power and authority and he's doing so in a way that is convenient for his very limited IQ, which is being a mall security guard. So, you know, it's trying to set up this thing that is, you know, how how do how do we get these mall security guards? And I think it's trying to do something interesting. Again, whether it succeeds or not is a very different conversation. Um, you know, I think given that everyone you know, is kind of struggling to see how that worked. I think, you know, that speaks for itself that it wasn't very successful. I mean, yeah, I, I, I guess kind of from your explanation there, I, I would, I, I can see that. All right. I, I can see the argument of what it was trying to do with that sort of stuff. So yeah, I don't think it, it really succeeds in that. Cause I just, it completely missed on me. And, and, and I kind of agree with Eric. It was, it felt raunchy, but just like to be raunchy, where it felt like they could just do these things and because it's who they are and they're doing it in a movie and because it's in the setting of being a mall cop that it would be funny. And I just don't think Observe and Report kind of hit it on that. Uh, Paul Blart, mall cop, I mean, one, just saying that out loud each time is just kind of odd. I don't know. It makes me feel weird, Um, which might be the whole point that the comedy might be in the name itself. I don't know. Blarted it out. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know, and Kevin James, like, it's weird, too, because the cast that's in Observe and Report, I think I would like more. And the one from the one from Paul Blart, like you've seen these guys in, in a bunch of movies before. Anyways, they're recognizable, but you're not like overly enthused about like, hey, there's that guy, you know, so it's, you know, there's that. But like with Paul Blart, I mean. I, I do think it does an okay job of trying to try. It does try to be wholesome. Yes, it's not the most wholesome. I'm actually slightly surprised it's a PG movie, but I at least actually laughed a couple times in it. 
I didn't do that during observe and report. So I kind of for for me in this, it's it's got to be observe or it's got to be uh, sorry, Paul Blart Mall Cop. I never thought I would say that. Yeah, I didn't laugh at all during either. Um, <laughs> I didn't think Paul Blart Mall Cop was very funny, although I did appreciate. Uh, 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 that's not true. There was one scene that I laughed at, and I'll get to that later. But um, you know, I, I I'm all about wholesome family entertainment, but to me, Paul Blart Mall Cop pretended like it had any respect for its characters but then it just didn't it's like watch this guy watch this fat guy fall down before a finish line watch this fat guy get drunk and fall through a window it just like you're attempting to be wholesome but like you're treating your character like shit that's not very wholesome to me at least for me observe and report was like these are all pieces of shit watch them do piece of shit things and so I can get on board with that if you're going to present everyone as a piece of shit. Um, I don't like when you present someone as wholesome and then you treat them like shit, like you're laughing at them. Um, so, you know, for me, I actually prefer to observe and report, even though I think it was very unsuccessful in what it was trying to do. No, I'm even saying with the script, like for some reason, you know, observe and report for me just felt disjointed a lot of, in a lot of ways where mm-hmm. it was just like I, at the end of watching it. And maybe it was just because I didn't like it as much. I was just sort of like, what? Yeah. What is I don't even know what's happening with this anymore. And then with you know, I guess that's the one thing with like Paul Blart, like it's it's a linear script. It's a script that's like very recognizable though in those types of movies. Whereas with Observe and Report, I like looked at my phone a few times and then I looked up and I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like I'm like a little confused. But yeah, Paul Blart has that formula that's like, you know, they've done this before, so they know how to get people to stay engaged, I guess. A little bit better. I, but I also think, too, for me, like, the couple of funny parts, and I know you're saying, like, laughing at him, but right in the beginning where he's spreading the peanut butter on, what was it, pancakes or something like that, and he was just, um, waffles, and just saying, go away, pain. Like, just, I don't know why. That made me laugh. I thought that was just the absurdity of it. It was kind of funny. It's just laughing at a fat guy who's be doing fat things, and I don't, I don't, I don't like it. I don't, I don't, I didn't like, I didn't like it. Yeah. Or then this exchange, safety never takes a holiday. Did your mother crochet that on a pillow? That I mean, I just I thought that was great. That was a great exchange between him and his what is it, chief or commander or whatever it was. The one exchange I did like is between him and Bobby Cannaval, uh, who plays the SWAT officer, and he says something along the lines of I set you on fire at a pancake festival. That was funny. <laughs> Because I like when his mom is like, they sent him the dating profile and he said, well, I know a lot about sharks. And his mother goes, let me stop you right there, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's there's parts. Um, their, their mothers were very different, by the way, now that I think about it. Yeah. Very different. Ooh. Oh, they both lived with their both mothers, too. Yeah, mothers. I guess. Did, and they had a daughter. Wait. No. No, Seth Rogen. No, no, he didn't. <laughs> Not that he knows of. God help us if he had a daughter. <laughs> uh, let's go to the cast. So in Paul Blart Mall Cop, I'm going to highlight five characters, or five actors and their characters. So you have Kevin James playing our titular Paul Blart. Yep. You have Kira O'Donnell playing Vex Sims, his right-hand man, and also the chief antagonist. You have Jama Mays playing the love interest. You have Bobby Cannavale playing his rival, 
his rival real cop guy, I guess is what we'll call it. And then finally, we have Stephen Ranazizi. Uh, did you guys recognize Keir O'Donnell or Stephen Ranazizi? Because they are in a couple of our favorite things. Keir, not so much. Yes, I know Steve Ranazizi. He is the guy that also made up a story about 9-11 and tried to make it about him. Yeah, he's super canceled, but he was in the league, and we loved him in the league. Oh, no, he, he redeemed himself, I believe. And he's like a pen salesman. That's hilarious well, to yeah. me. But a yes, he's a, he's a real piece, piece of shit in this movie. Uh, Keir yeah, O'Donnell yeah. was Todd in Wedding Crashers. Oh, uh, right. Yep. Really? Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, my God. Know, you know Todd? You remember that? Character? Yeah, yeah. He was like the emo, the emo kid, right? Yeah, a character that also hasn't aged well for various reasons, but <laughs> still a very funny character in that movie. Uh, in Observe and Report, we have Seth Rogen playing Ronnie Barnhart, our chief of mall security. We have Michael Pena playing his right hand man. We have Ray Liotta playing his cop rival. We have. Anna, Anna Ferris playing his love interest, and we get a little uh, cameo from Aziz Ansari in this. And, you know, for me, I think if I was just looking at this on paper, I would really want Observe and Report because I love a lot of those actors and what they do. Uh, the problem here is they're all playing, like, really unlikable characters. Yeah, I don't think there's a single likable one among among those yeah, people. Yeah, but Anna Faris is so good at it. Like, she's so good at playing. Right. Oh my god. No, no, she's good at playing when that she's type of character. Like, there's no playing doubt. Playing up her um, her like trauma of seeing the flasher the first time. That is so funny to me. She's just like being so dramatic, and also Patton Oswalt is like such a oh yeah dick. Patton Oswalt, and he's not. He never gets to play those like horrible people. And I felt like that was kind of interesting, too. Is that true? Sarah, I thought I wanna, he played that role before. Really? Sarah, I want to I build off of what you said when she, when she's doing that. And she's like, physically, yes. <laughs> Psychologically, no. <laughs> it's so, it, it's it's funny. That's one of the few funny scenes in that movie. I oh, really, really enjoyed that. Eric was t- talking about when she's like popping the pills at the restaurant. Oh my God. She does this little like head bob and like shoulder thing. And I'm just like, I, I love this chick. Like, <laughs> She's so good at being like, oh, that person. Yeah. Like. It's so reminiscent of just friends too when she's playing that awful pop star character who's like all over Ryan Reynolds shit. It's it's very similar to that, I feel like. And also like Ray Liotta. Ray how do you say it? Ray Liotta. Ray Liotta. Ray Liotta just doing his thing. I don't know. I felt like as soon as he popped up I was like, "Oh, yeah." I don't know. I didn't like him, though. After he started opening his mouth, I'm just yeah. like, I don't like this dude. No, his character was horrible, but it's Ray Le- Liotta. I was Here's like, the thing. Like, I would generally, like I said before, I would, I would love this cast any other day. I could have cared less about any of them in this movie. Like, I, just to walk away ever saying, fuck Ray Liotta, I never thought I would say that in my entire life. Because I love Ray Liotta from Smoke and Aces. But then in Paul Blart, like, like I said before, like, yeah, it's just... Those guys, those guys were a lot more believable in their roles, oddly enough, sort of in a way. And 
Oh. They played their characters very well. They, I, that's you know they I I, I like them in, and and the guy who was on the skateboard the whole time I thought he was a hilarious character. I love that like they sent the ominous message with the skateboard like rolling back to yeah. ro- like, rolling back I think, to him. Okay, so there's a character who's only on a skateboard the whole time, and that just really makes that cast win for me. <laughs> Was anyone else really impressed by their skateboarding skills? Yeah, they skateboarded like on a wall. Yeah, dude, that they did the, really cool. And parkour. the parkour. Yeah, did we just say that at the same yeah. time? We did. Oh my god! Well, two thousand nine, right? That was big on parkour, oh, yeah. like, like parkour, 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 parkour. Yeah, yeah. You really got to wonder if they were just sitting in the room, like you know, what we need to include in this. There's parkour. elements of this that parkour. needs to be here. We need to have parkour, parkour and definitely, definitely criminals on skateboards. It'll make it so much cooler and connect with the youngins. Dead. You know, it was actually sneakily like my favorite scene was there was one. I can't remember exactly what's happening, but Kevin James is riding or Paul Blart played by Kevin James is riding on the on the elevator and the skateboarder just fully launches himself off a ramp and Mm -hmm. then like head first into the (laughs) elevator. I was like, yo, that is actually a dope stunt. Good for you guys. And then another dude jumped in after that, too. Yeah. Yeah. And that was nuts. That was good. I don't know. I think so this maybe is that cast. It also, too. I mean, it is that cast, but I also think too, like having these guys in these positions, like everyone else in Observer Report, they were in a Seth Rogen movie, like, and it and it looked like it, it felt like it, it played like it. It just didn't work out for them in that too, or and, and it's also too the script that they were trying to do in that, where it's like I feel like that a, a script with this with these characters in a Happy Madison production. I don't know. I think that just it worked better. For for those guys, yeah. If I'm giving it to somebody, I'm probably going to lean observe and report simply because of what Sarah said. Because Anna Ferris is just so good at playing so bad. Um, I didn't particularly like either. It, it's kind of even because of the skateboarder thing too. I I do love that in Paul Blart. Um, so I guess I'm I'm gonna go a draw on this. Oh my gosh. There's gonna be a lot of draws for me. I'm just gonna tell you right up. Front. I would do a draw on the cast. I probably would too, but I mean, I, and I don't want to. Like, I want to pick something. All right. Pick <laughs> no, I'm I'm picking I'm picking Paul Blart because I like the characters. It's interesting too. I don't know if this is on the same t- topic, but like the the men are like pretty average looking. Like Seth Rogen is like a average looking dude. Paul Blart, you know, average looking dude. You know who has is an average though? Ray Liotta. Great looking guy. I don't. I guess so. Bobby Cannavale and fucking. Yeah, Paul Blart. Yeah, that's accurate. Looking. That's he's accurate. So, he's such a good looking dude. Yeah. All right, Eric, round one. Who's your winner? You got to pick Shit. one. I, I did say that, didn't I? Paul Blart, Slara. Round one. I think observe and report. Hmm. I'm also going observe and report for round one. Uh, it's close, but uh, it's got to be observe and report. Beam, what about you? Round I'm, one. I mean, it's Paul Blart. All right, we Blurred are split. It up. Wow. Let's go to round two. Ding, and ding. this is where we get into the plot points of the movie and what is similar about them. We will have four different plot points that are very similar. We will discuss them and, and which we ultimately like better. The first connection is in both movies, the main characters, Paul Blart and Ronnie Barnhart, They attempt to join the police force, but are rejected due to an inability to pass the preliminary exams. For Paul Blart, he is about to pass the physical exam. He's actually killing it, does a front flip, but then he passes out due to his hypoglycemia. 
and it is right before the finish line. Tragic. Ronnie Barnhart, he passes the physical exam with flying colors, despite being a huge dick, and he then fails the psychological exam due to his hero delusions. So he is also unable to become a for real police officer. Sarah, let's with you. Which one of these plot points do you enjoy more? Um, I think Paul Blart because he's just like crushing it. He's like, yeah, I'm breaking all these stereotypes. Like, okay, I made some fat jokes, but hmm, look at me. I'm crawling up this wall faster than Joe Schmo over here with the muscle man t-shirt. And then unforeseen circumstances i thought he was going to be narcoleptic and all of a sudden they're like hypoglycemia like oh well that you should definitely have under control like like yeah have a cough drop in your pocket or something um so then the other one observe and report i think it's just like it's just like how i don't understand like you're like yep i'm bipolar and no i don't take medication so yes hire me to hold a gun it was weird uh, Paul Blart wins. Eric, what about you? Well, I guess observe and report. What I was originally thinking the word that I could describe it as was dark. Like it was a lot darker than Paul Blart. Um, you know, with his medical issues, like that's you know that could be a real thing. And uh, Paul Blart had low blood sugar, which is also a medical issue. But as Sarah mentioned, is I know you know you can probably get that under control. Hopefully. Um, yeah, apparently by constantly consuming sugar that at seem, any moment, like a lollipop cures it. Yeah. Taking shots of pixie sticks. That's one of my favorite visual gags. <laughs> yeah. While he's like fucking playing guitar hero. Yeah. Oh, yeah. While he's doing anything, he just yeah, takes right. a quick shot of a pixie stick. <laughs> I think, I think one thing to mention is after they were rejected, they both acted a little differently. You know, Paul Blart was like, you know, make me my favorite breakfast and you know, will be okay, right? Didn't that happen? Mm. But then uh, Seth Rogen... He did, uh, again, spread peanut butter saying, go away, pain. But <laughs> Right. I mean, but, you know, Ronnie, I think there was a few moments where he was, like, sitting on the stairs, and he was, like, real, like, what is going on in my life? You know, like, he was... It, it, it had potential to really grow on that story, I guess, but it... Yeah, like, know. if it was taken... O- if that script was taken over by the people that did Joker... Like if it just had a different, t- it needs <laughs> oh, a completely wow. different. I mean, someone tone. still gets shot. That's for end, certain. Yeah, dies. Maybe. And- no, I mean, it, either way, just- if he's the Joker, he, someone is getting shot. Yeah. Like either way. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, like, if this had a different tone, if it didn't try to force a comedy, or like it tries to go in the it's always sunny direction, which like it did not succeed. But yeah, it's like it was much darker. Mm-hmm. I agree. Maybe the whole tone of the movie if it was different, would have been better. Better, yeah. So it had it had potential, just like what Sarah said. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go with Paul Blart on this one. Bean, what are your thoughts? So I think with with Ronnie and his quest, like, first off, so he says he has bipolar disorder. I for, I missed it. Again, I for some reason, I'm blanking on most of this movie. I did, for you know, and we'll get to that, of course, but he says he has bipolar disorder? Yeah. So... Yes. I feel like he basically only had just like one speed throughout the entire movie though. Well, I mean, if you if you need me to remind you of the plot, basically he has bipolar disorder. He kind of somewhat has it under control. Then on his date with Anna Ferris's character Brandy, he yeah, 
her all of his pills and says, I probably don't need these anymore. And that's when it really goes off the deep end because he tries to pass the exam, but he has delusions of grandeur and goes on montage drug doing spree with Michael Pena. And then he essentially tries to take over the mall after it is closed and beats the shit out of a bunch of cops. Well, yeah. So it really goes off the deep end after he stops taking his pills. I mean, all right. I guess that makes sense then. I mean, with that, yeah. And it's just sort of the taking the pills thing. All right. Well, I mean, I guess in his quest, even in the outset, I didn't really care for his whole venture to become a cop. Whereas with like Paul Blart, I was sort of rooting for him in a way where like his storyline, it was, you know, he couldn't hack it because of having hypoglycemia and you know, that's something obviously like something you should be able to treat and take control, but he still took his job seriously. And, you know, even at the end when he's even offered the chance to become a cop, he turns it down and wants to be a mall cop. So in a way he kind of succeeds. So I don't know. It just kind of seems someone just actually wins in the movie. All Ronnie's able to do is stay being a mall cop. Yeah, I mean, he's barely able to hang on to that. Well, that's also, true. But serious, serious questions about how they still let him remain a mall cop. But let's save that for later. Right. Um, for me, I actually and this is actually probably I, I realized this as I was watching these movies. I think my feelings about this is significantly painted by my feelings towards police officers and towards authority figures at large. I honestly believe that all authority figures and police officers are these delusional people who are on a quest for power. And so in that way, I thought the observe and report thing was far more realistic. And again, maybe that's just my own personal feelings towards authority and police. But, you know, I like that it made it this fucked up character who really just is seeking power and the ability to use a gun, essentially, and is unable to because of his bipolar disorder. I do really like that Paul Blart is a wholesome guy, a real guy. You know, I wish police were more like that, but I just don't believe that in my heart. So this is probably painted by my own, but I preserved I, I, I prefer the observe and report because I feel like that is how cops are. I, I don't know that I completely disagree, I guess, with that point. And then I guess you could say that Paul Blart is more in terms of maybe a more, what's the word I'm looking for, idealistic form of what a cop would be sort of a way. But they're still, they're still dickheads and think they know better anyways, too. And I think that they were kind of more believable in that sense because I do think a lot of cops – don't get in it to be a hero. They do actually want to do some good. I do think that the problem generally comes down to just having power. So I don't know if I agree with your... So that's, you know, I don't know if I agree with the take on cops. Like, listen, I'm with you just in terms of just like where I stand with cops and just cop culture. It's fucking toxic and needs to be completely, I don't know, dismantled basically at this stage. But I think the way that it's portrayed in Paul Blart is a little more realistic to me. I do think it touches on that because the Bobby Cannavale character is very toxic towards Paul Blart. Like it's very clearly stated that he bullied Paul Blart in high school. And again, that does fit my picture of who a cop is. They're the high school bully who became a cop so that they could bully 
real citizens every day. And I think Adam Ferreira to a certain extent as well. Yeah, I mean, like, I, there, there are parts of it. He's more of the trying to always do good, but there's just a part of being a cop where you just are always going to think you know better because you're the cop. I think that I need to know more cop people. Like, I need to have more cop friends because... Oh, it has nothing to do with having cop friends. Just I don't talk think to you them. do. <laughs> well... I mean, I, I don't want to, like, just, that. like... Like, make big, sweeping generalizations. Yeah, that's pretty general. Like, I, I like to think that there's, you know, Paul Blart's out there, you know? Well, Paul Blart's not a cop. I think there's more He's Adam Ferreras than there are... Than there are maybe Bobby... Well, I don't know. It's really tough to say at this stage. What's the I know SWAT there guy? are some. What's the SWAT guy's name? That's the Bobby... Car- was it Carnival? Bobby Cannavale. Cannavale, sorry. Cannavale. Yeah, I like the big M. Night twist at the end with Dude, that was... Bobby Cannavale. Dun, dun, dun. It was unnecessary. Oh, oh, I love gonna... it. You like that twist? Yeah, that yeah. Twist was fucking no, it's great. I thought that twist like, was trash. I like it really? because it first dumb. it's like, oh, I'm I'm this, I'm this, training to be a security guard. M. Night twist. I'm actually the robber. And then it's like, I'm a SWAT guy. This is highly unrealistic, but M. Night twist. I'm actually going to be the leader now. I <laughs> think. And it was funny and silly and he was a, stupid. A double agent, right? That was, liked, he was a double agent. It really felt it completely useless, though. <laughs> it was completely useless. Like, we didn't need that. But I guess you wouldn't then have the ending with, uh, I forget what the, whatever the chief's name or what is it? Um, oh, that adorable chief. Yeah, Chief it. Brooks. When Chief Brooks ends up shooting Bobby Cannavale or Cannavale's character. And, you know, does his thing. Adam Ferreira obviously takes the gun, puts it down, and makes it seem as he did it, or just, like, you know, uses the gun to make, <laughs> like him, make him kneel down, right? But then, like, uh, what is it? I forget what the Adam Ferreira's line in that is. And it was just whatever his comeback was, and you just got Chief Brooks in the background. It's like, oh, it's better than what I had. And he's just flipping through a notebook. Come on. It's, it's silly, so but it's funny. Notebook. I liked it. That, that was actually one really good scene was between Ferreira and Brooks and he's like talking to him about standing up for himself and he's right. like i i wrote down some comebacks <laughs> yeah. for you yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's like you could use you and what army and he just looks at him <laughs> and he's like wait what's wrong with that one he actually he has, has, has an, an army, army. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that, that was one was cute. good that one was good i will say in observe and report where in the beginning where ronnie's kind of going off in his thing the one line that he says what is it? Uh, Yoon's, you guys are my infantry. One of you dies. God gave me another one with the two <laughs> twins. That was like, that was, that was a, that was a actually very good line. That one was funny. All right. So that is round two. I believe we are three to one in favor of Paul Blart Mall Cop. Is that correct? Eric Beam mm-hmm. and Sarah are all going Paul Blart. Yeah, man. I got to go Paul Blart on this. Correct. Paul Blart. Mm. Fair enough. So three to one in round two to Paul Blart. And we had a split decision in round one, two to two for the for the script and the cast and etc. Let's go to round three. In both movies, the main characters develop a love interest with a fellow employee at the mall, both of whom happen to work in a cosmetics. They try and protect those love interests. Paul Blart develops an interest in a girl who runs a hair extensions kiosk named Amy, played by Jama Mays. And in Observe and Report, Ronnie develops a interest in a girl who does the makeup at one of the mall's department stores. Her name is Brandy, and she is played by Anna Ferris. 
there's kind of a secondary love interest who he ends up with, but it takes very little of the story. He's actually quite dismissive of her throughout. So let's focus on the Brandy uh, one instead. Beam, let's start with you this time. Which one of these kind of love interest storylines do you prefer? I mean, there is a storyline with um, the Jamie Mays and, and uh, Kevin James characters in this. Like, <clears throat> oh, Amy. Amy and Paul, I guess we should say. There there, there really is, like, there's actual storyline, whereas with um, Brandy, it's Brandy and Ronnie. It's just weird, because he kind of... Does he? He kind of rapes her, right? Like that's that's a thing that there's happens. There's no kind of about it. He, he fucking rapes, rapes her. The fuck out Ex- of her. Well, like, no, because she does wake up and like says like, "Do you?" But that instead that is that is the movie's half-assed attempt to explain this date rape and to, it's to, fucking to provide yeah. any that's shred like, of consent. Absolutely someone, awful. Yeah. Someone watched the original or saw raw footage and they're like, "No, redo this. She needs to say something." She needs Otherwise, to say like, she's into this it. This is unputoutable and they're like all right let's do it again Uh, so yeah in terms of the i I mean do i really need to say more in terms of what the love interest storylines are that like there again there's an actual one that exists between paul bar and amy Uh, however paul bart does try and accost her in the bar after getting drunk but remember he doesn't drink he doesn't he he makes out with her purse (laughs) He does make out with her purse, but he's definitely like <laughs> all over her, sort of in a way. I in mean, a, in, in a the bar way, right? It, it not it's not. But he doesn't straight up rape her. And so it's I guess not if even we're not like sloppy all over her, it's like it's just like a little bit like oh, you are like embarrassed for him. Well, he also does kind of snoop on her through the security cameras, which feels creepy at times. I definitely thought that was creepy. Thought that was a weird part of the storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, doesn't rape her. I think that's a really strong it's point important. to kind of hit on he doesn't rape her so i think i got to give it to the i don't i'm not even trying to joke about it like it's just that that's a that's a thing that happens in observe and report and anyways i think i got to go with the amy i mean the uh amy and paul well he love also interest like, kidnaps her he's like oh you want to ride your car oh i'm not stopping this freaking golf cart until you say yes to go out on a date with me listen he's got issues like that he's apparently not even trying to deal with that was sign number 17 well eric what do you what do you think man well i mean this kind of goes back to what i said earlier about having like a female director or something because i agree first off with everything i don't know if it takes just that for at least observant report well like what i thought when i first when i first watched them i'm like all right these dudes are like kind of creepy a Two, like, A, two. Um, <laughs> hold on a second. There we go. Um, wow. <laughs> Aggressive. Uh, That's the fucking boss move that <laughs> All right. B, um, if I was that girl, I'd be like, can you leave me alone? Like, you know, the one girl is just trying to sell her hair products, and he's just like, you know, you won't leave her alone. And she's like, okay, this is kind of like, I don't know, I would feel uncomfortable. Wait, Paul Blart? Amy's doesn't think that he's being uncomfortable well at first I she's like so. right away like she's very nice oh yeah like, hello my name is amy like, she's the one that invites him to the bar yeah or right. whatever that thing is that's a bar in a mall right hands or wherever they go <laughs> jack abby's i don't know no jack abby's she's is a, like a she's a little off put at first i think i think eric's right she's like 
what are you doing here? Yeah, Why and, are you standing there staring at me? Yeah, yeah. Well, isn't He's that, a little off put. Isn't that more just playing on the this guy's pathetic loser He's sort awkward. of line? Where He's like awkward. that's what even he had just yes. run his yeah. segue into a minivan. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That is that is the lore. He was that flustered. He, did. he yeah. was flustered. No, um, I'm saying like, come on, you really want to talk to that guy? <laughs> all right, and then wow. Okay, so we know who Sarah was in high school. <laughs> All right, and then Ronnie and and Brandy. I mean, I don't know what else there is to say um, besides what Beam said. I feel exactly the same, and I don't know. It's, I mean, the character like Brandy is just super funny, so I like I like her. No, but. she's a great character, and, and and that is a very good point that that Sarah had brought up earlier, and that that you guys had talked about. But yeah, she that ain't what we're talking about in right. this round. That would have been a point in round one. Yeah. So this is the love interest and how they're trying to protect them, which I get. I guess the, there was a funny scene when Ronnie like smashed the glass and everything in the store. I mean, I thought that was kind of like... That was him going up to her like, you, you fucked another guy. How could you do this to me? Yeah. I mean, I thought... I, I just, I just like the breaking of stuff, I think. <laughs> so that, that was kind of cool. But I mean, that's really all I have to say about that. So Paul Blart, I'm going to go with that one. Sarah, um, did you go yet? I don't remember. Yes, I think I picked Paul Blart. I said that he kidnapped her on a golf cart. Ooh, another comparison. A lot of golf carts. A lot of golf cart. Well, segways more so in Paul Blart. More, more so segways. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Alternative sorry. transportation. Mm, good one. Um, I pick Paul Blart and Amy because she is in a relationship with him rather than Brandy who didn't even remember she had a date and was like out with other people and then yeah like that was just cringy so no Corey what about you so I'm gonna say up front it's it's Paul Blart but I want to talk something out here because this is ultimately my feeling about observe and report you guys mentioned this before like it is super dark right Right. But if you're going to be dark, let's just be fucking dark. Hold up. Yeah, but then why does it have like a redeeming happy ending? Exactly. That that's that's why I fucking hate it and that's why I ended up hating this movie is because it didn't go all the way dark. Like if you're going to be dark, let's get dark. Like let's turn him into a rapist murderer who's a piece of shit and who has to face the consequences at the end because he's a fucking piece of shit. Instead, you just kind of half-assed it. Like, he rapes her, but then you kind of make it seem like it's okay because she wakes up and says, why did you stop? Fuck that. That's such a cop-out, and it, it makes the movie bad. And it's the same at the end. Like, you shot this guy. He's clearly going to die, but then he just wakes up. Does it? And then you get like, your job back. All exactly. because he just didn't die. It was literally, oh, my God, you killed him. Oh, he's not dead. All right, we're good. We're good. Everything's fine. Take exactly. You get your job back. Like, if we're going to get dark, let's fucking get dark. You right. Fucking, you fucking, you copped out. Like, if we're going to be dark, let's be dark. So, I mean, that that is my issue at large with the movie is, like, it's trying to be dark and edgy, but it, it, it cops out every fucking time, and I just, I have no, huh. I have no time for it. Sick, and so, I'm going cop. Paul Blart with this. Mm. I, I, it has to be because no one tries to excuse a rape in Paul Blart, which is what happens in Observe and Report. Well, it's because it doesn't happen in Paul Blart. No one gets yeah. raped in Paul Blart. <laughs> no. Like, that's, thankfully. He 
actually, here's another romantic interest. His wife just married him for a green card and then left him. I mean, and that is heartbreaking. Yeah. So, the one other thing, though, actually, I want to bring up, though, and and this is really again, I know we all said Paul Blart, but I do think it needs to be mentioned. How much of an effort does Ronnie truly give into protecting Brandy? Whereas, I feel like Paul Blart goes above and beyond to try and protect uh, Amy here. Like he is, he's giving it his all. He diehards it. He diehards it exactly. So I, I think that that at least needs to be mentioned. Yeah, I think both make an effort and both fail miserably. Well, Paul to doesn't. an extent. Paul Paul ends up succeeding, but the Paul. first his first attempt when he's trying to pull him up through the ceiling and then he falls, and then oh he t- tries to fucking throw hot sauce. Dude, how funny! Eye. Come on, that was funny. And then he's like, I really should have capitalized on that. Like, that was kind of funny, but like that his was failure funny. over and over again to to save and protect cannot be overstated if we're if we're talking about it. Like Paul Blart right. is also a failure. I did not make many notes during it, but I did write down hot sauce because I thought <laughs> that scene was just it's yeah, this is gonna make I should be writing notes, I guess. But he also went back into the building, right? There was that moment where all the cops were like, Come on, Blart, and he's like, you know what, Amy and he just turned around, went back in, like... Ooh, another comparison. Both have cars driving out of the mall. Oh, can we talk about which mall was better? Because... Ooh, that restaurant or whatever with the... Like, Observant the... Reports Mall was like Rotterdam Square Mall for anyone in the capital region. <laughs> <laughs> and Paul Blart was freaking Crossgates. Yeah, I would. I will say that the mall... Well, one, <laughs> let's also talk about probably the budget they were working with, and I think they were vastly different between the two of them. But also, I think, yeah, when definitely... they're like, uh, all the people in the mall are extras. <laughs> no, I know, but the one... Continue the one, on. The one in Observant Report was definitely like desolate, dingy, and dark where, you know... Pretty sure that was intentional, but that's neither here nor there. No, exactly. It makes complete and total sense. And yeah, with with the the, the mall and in Paul Blart, it was a little more inviting. It felt like it could have been like a Mall of America type situation. It was very <laughs> similar budgets, by the way. Eighteen million for Observe and Report versus twenty six for Paul Blart. Yep. Then that was the most intentional to make it a very desolate place. They very, really very should have purpose. come to Rotterdam Square Mall. That would have been even better. <laughs> it was actually filmed at an abandoned mall in Albuquerque, Albuquerque, New Mexico. This makes all the more sense. Sounds like it's right up their alley. All right, so that is round three. That is a clean sweep for Paul Blart because no one gets raped, and that is important. Let's go to <laughs> round four. All right, so round four in both movies the main characters have a rivalry with an actual police officer. In Paul Blart Mall Cop, Paul Blart is at odds with Commander Kent, a SWAT commander, played by Bobby Cannavale. As we discussed earlier, he has one of my favorite lines of the whole movie. He says, Remember me, I set you on fire at a pancake festival. <laughs> Tremendous flex from Commander Kent. Fucking pancake festival. Like That's like the funny. Can we just talk part. about yeah, like that's the part that's funny to me. Like all right, you set him on fire. That's one thing. Where and when was this pancake festival? Where's my invitation? Cause... Yeah, I kind of want to go. I don't even care for pancakes that much, but there's a festival for it. Actually, no, I probably wouldn't go. We're a crepe household. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you guys Crepes are, so are fucking bust. fancy and bougie. 
in Observe and Report, Ronnie Barnhart is at odds with Detective Harrison Jones, who is played by Ray Liotta. Harrison, Detective Harrison Jones is just a pure rage ball piece of shit. Um, I personally think that's probably an accurate portrayal of most cops, but again, my uh, picture is probably tainted. Um, I will say it also has one of my favorite moments. It's not involving Detective Harrison Jones, but there's a moment in the movie where he calls Ronnie into his office because he wants to revel in the fact that Ronnie has not made it into the police academy that was great and then his partner comes out of the closet where he was hiding and he says you know i thought this was going to be kind of funny but it's sad which i actually think is the whole entire movie (laughs) right quote right that is such a good point but that was so funny (laughs) because you like forgot he was in there for a sec and they like set it up like oh okay like yeah yeah go in oh here he comes so you think it's gonna be also like this funny thing and then he's like um okay let me come out (laughs) that was very funny i forgot about that thanks Corey. so sarah let's start with you which one of these do you prefer this rivalry between cop and mall cop okay one is an actual rivalry um ray leota and Ronnie Barnhart have this thing, this back and forth, and they truly dislike each other. I mean, like, Raymond left him on the worst corner. and Raymond. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> but it's Detective Harrison. Detective Ray, Ray Liotta Harrison. didn't have a beef with anyone. <laughs> you don't know that. In this movie. Come on. Ray Liotta has beef with everyone. <laughs> he he has a beef. He's just playing a version of himself. Smoking no, no, he has a beef with cigarettes now. Yeah, he's doing like Chantix commercials or something. <laughs> That's right. (laughs) So so he like leaves him on that corner. It is pretty funny when he does bring the kid in though to the police station. Did you forget about that too? Yeah, I I very I barely remember. Whatever. So that's an actual beef. But the other with um Paul Paul Blart. (laughs) Yeah, it's the name of the movie. (laughs) So I just want to say Paul Bunyan. Um, He actually is like kind of friends. He he's friends with the one cop and his boss, the head of mall security, is outside with the local police person, and he's like friends with them. He's like, "That's your guy on the inside." Which then the whole movie reminded me of a satire of Die Hard, and he even goes up in the air vent. And he has the hostages and he's trying to get them out. And the, he's talking on the walkie talkie to Carl Otis Winslow. And so I think for a police rivalry, it's got to be observed and report because that's real. Sarah, I just want to say we give you a lot of shit on this podcast for making shit up, but I'm <laughs> very, very impressed with your movie knowledge. Like Paul Blart is seriously diehard in a mall but like yeah. combi based and i'm very very impressed right now well done <laughs> thanks oh yay i thought i was the only one that was going to think that too and beam's like yeah i thought diehard too and i was like oh my gosh it must have been real not just our christmas tradition <laughs> eric what do you think man uh just adding on to what sarah said with the diehard the hot sauce, I think, reminded me of the gun taped behind mm. Bruce Willis's back, in a way. You know what I mean? Um, and again, that scene was just so funny. I loved it. Um, oh, my God. That's so funny. 
it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, their relationship, it, it was kind of, I mean, predictable. I mean, it's like, oh, that's Paul Blart. I happen to go to high school with that kid. Da, 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 da. Like, okay, yeah. Okay. Um, and then in Observer in Report, I don't know, uh, Detective Higgins, is it? Harrison. Harris? Harrison. Detective Harris? I mean... <laughs> Harrison, but Harrison? yeah, go, go on. Har- do your thing. Detective Harris's son. <laughs> that is that is not it, but that's fine. Detective Harrison, um, you know, he, he seemed pretty cool at first. And then, I don't know, when he kind of blew up with Ronnie in the office and was throwing some, like, you know, F-bombs. like F-bombs that rhymed with maggot and, you know... <laughs> I don't know. I just that I saw that like I was in the middle like doing some other stuff while I was watching this movie, and I happened to like pay attention at that scene, and I'm just like, Ugh, I don't really feel like watching this anymore. It's just kind of stupid. Like because they're trying to be funny, right? But it's just like, yeah, you see Ray Liotta walk, and you're like, hell yeah, but then you're like, oh no, you can go away. Yeah, yeah. Not but a it's fan. a real rivalry. But right. I would not hate to see them both in prison. I kind of agree with Sarah, though, to to a large extent here, that there is an actual rivalry between Ronnie and uh, and Detective Harrison. I mean, what I also have to say, too, though, is the rivalry gets to such an extent where they literally, like, battle it out. And I, all right, what I will say is that because of everything else surrounding Observe and Report, I didn't find much funny, but just isolating the scene where they're in the mall and like Ronnie's about to say, saying I'm I'm defending this mall this is my territory and then he does battle with the entire police force and just starts whipping them all in the head and like is is doing a pretty darn good job and then him and Ray Liotta or him and Harrison just go to blows Harrison whacks him over the head with a sign and then like it ends with him just rolling up his sleeves like walking away no he smashed his head into the floor well no he smashed his head into the floor but then like the ending shot is him walking away rolling up his sleeves and every and all the other cops just kicking him while he's down and punching him oh yeah that was gross but also it's like well no what I'm trying to say though is that 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 is funny that that whole scene for some reason like standing alone is very funny so for the fact that there is the rivalry and for that scene alone, I have to give it to Observe and Report. But I was like, okay, he smashed a glass counter and now there's 30 police officers with batons out to get him. It's like, hmm. Neither of these movies are really trying to be <laughs> realistic. Let's be honest here. Like I, you can't really yeah, knock yeah, it yeah. for that. All right. Round four, I'm going Paul Blart because Bobby Cannavale coming in off the top rope with the pancake line is just absolutely fucking epic. Let's go to round five. All right, round five is in both movies, the main character's sidekick, they turn out to be the criminals who attempt to or successfully knock off the mall. In Paul Blart Mall Cop, Vex Sims, who is played by Kiro Donnell, is the leader of a skateboarding crew of misfits who try to take down the mall. In Observe and Report, Dennis Chavante, played by Michael Pena, is quietly stealing from the mall, while dumbass Ronnie is too busy chasing after a flasher. And he gets away with it after knocking dumbass Ronnie out with a wooden stool. So, in both these movies, their sidekick turned out to be an actual criminal, Sarah, let's start with you. Which one of these do you prefer? I prefer Paul Blart because that kind of like drives the rest of the movie. 
and I think it really drives more of the diehard similarities and I think the skateboarding is amazing and I like that there's also a woman criminal on the team and um the other one what's that guy's name Dennis yeah that was um quite an M. Night twist there too but uh yeah I'm gonna go Polly B Eric, what are your thoughts? I will second that. Um, I actually, it's not very memorable in Observe and Report. Like, I remember the scene. I'm like, all right, that's cool. But then, yeah, he, he hits um, Ronnie over the head with the, the stool. And I, I don't know. It just kind of like anticlimactic, I think. It was like, all right, I mean, it, I just didn't really feel, feel it very much. But Paul Blart, um, I agree. The parkour skateboarders. Now that I know that that's the same uh, person from... Wedding Crashers, I kind of like it a little bit more. So I'm going to go Paul Blart on this one. Beam? Uh, You know, I don't think the whole whole buildup with... There wasn't really much buildup, I feel like, with the Dennis one. Um, Whereas... Came out of nowhere. Yeah, it came out of nowhere. You're just like, uh, okay. Like, that's where I, like, had to ask, like, this morning. I'm like, when did that happen? I was like, because I... Again, I, I do now remember, like, as we're talking about it, the scene with the with the stool but it was so unmemorable that i was just like oh okay yeah that is a thing that happened and at the end he writes that kind of funny note which i don't know that was that was whatever i think it's it was it was an attempt to do like shawshank things right like come meet me come to mexico yeah yeah it didn't work no um and then with vec like that was a guy who was so unsuspecting, right? I mean, it was kind of obvious that he was going to be up to something else and that he was probably going to be involved. But then he, like, completely just did a 180 and he became this mastermind, you know, well, trying to play a mastermind criminal sort of thing, which even he wasn't very good at that. But so I kind of got to give it to Paul Blart because he did have a team of fucking skateboarders and parkour people who were just doing some crazy shit. Well, I mean, at the same time, he was doing other things. Then there was the guy with the headset who, I don't know. I, I thought he could have had some sort of redeeming quality to him at the end where he was noticing Vec being a dick, but that never happened. So I think that was a little bit of a miss there. But uh, otherwise, just in terms of someone actually playing up the evilness uh, and making that turn, I got to give it to Vec Sims and, and Paul Blart here. You know what I feel is kind of like a little bit of like, well, why did that happen? Or, like, was this somewhere something that was supposed to go somewhere and that never did? Like, when they're at the bar, like, Johnny Appleseeds or whatever that place is, and um, Vec, like, stands up for, what's Paul? And is, like, kind of, like, why, to the pen salesman, like, why are you being so mean? Basically, like, get out of here. And, like, has his back and is, like being his friend and then all of a sudden he's like let's waste these guys and they say that a lot like let's waste them and so i don't know if he says it as much he's trying to hold off on the wasting people because he at least pointed out without with having hostages it keeps the cops away that's true but i felt like there was a missed opportunity for like a friendship moment of like a little bit like is he going to be nice because they were friends and then he turns away? It kind of just like drops. Well, they were never friends because he was trying to... He was playing them, man. He's, no, he's got to play the, the part. At the bar, he didn't have to stand up for him. Well, no, that's playing the part. Well, maybe. 
can't, you can't make anyone think that you might be in on this. With Paul Blart, too, I just want to say the whole concept with the codes and, like, the the ink on the arms, like, that's kind of cool. I like I that, mean, too. I thought it was a little, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it, it complicated things more, I think, than it needed to. It's complicated, but it... I mean, it was an easy concept to understand, I guess is what I'm saying. It was just like, all right. No, like, you can totally it. understand it, but yeah. it was just like, why are you making this harder than it needs to be? Well, especially because I'm like, I I don't know about credit card codes. Like, okay, sure. Yeah. You can do that. Why, just why not send one guy around? Like, why do we have to make like a fucking like what glow, like glow in the dark tattoo? Like, why not just send a guy with a notepad? Send send around uh what the fuck's his name? Brooks. Send around Chief Brooks and just have him with his notepad, like well, collecting also, all the like, codes. That could have just got the codes himself. Like he would have been like, whoo, whoo, whoo. Well, no, he's gotta make shop. sure he's gotta no, he's gotta no, be the one No, he's gotta be the one talking to the cops. He's gotta be the one in the room with uh, all the hostages talking to the cops. Giving also, did he ever get his water? He wanted happy or no, meal. he wanted he wanted a happy, happy meal. meal. Did he ever get his happy meal? I think he didn't ever get his happy meal. Sure didn't. That's see. That's where Airheads succeeds. They at least got some of the things they demanded when they had hostages. Airheads is a great movie. Um, let's see. I I honestly don't know where to go with this because I don't necessarily like either of them. I think it's important to note that in Observe and Report, Dennis gets away with it. That's important. He's competent in a way. <sighs> yeah, uh, sure. They wrote it that way, I guess. Yeah, um, but like you said, Beam, like it's so unmemorable because, and, and that is intentional. I do believe that's intentional because, you know, while the mall is getting knocked off, this incompetent asshole Ronnie is too busy worrying about a flasher and too busy wrapped up in his own mind to actually do work. Um, so it's intentional in that way, but it's completely unmemorable. So like, eh. Well, here's the really thing. Succeed. Here's the thing, though. To what to your point, maybe that maybe that was the genius of this movie. We ourselves were all distracted by that man's <laughs> It was a ti- it was a tiny little guy, wasn't it, too? Sure was, and it just kept popping up it in just, photos and in drawings and in that final was, scene, like we got all of it, a lot of it, too much of it. There's more penis in this movie than like any movie. I've ever seen, including like Shame with Michael Fassbender, which has more dick than like anything. You probably haven't seen it, but that's not neither here nor there. Right. Um, no, it, here, what I'm trying to say is like we were as distracted by it as Ronnie was. I think, you know what? I'm just seeing this movie in a completely different light now. Uh, yeah, but. <laughs> Uh, I got to give it to Paul Blart, and it comes down to one thing, and it's the skateboarding cronies. <laughs> the skateboarding cronies are fucking incredible, and some of the stunts they pull, including the flying face first into a glass elevator, that shit, that that rules, and that I like rules. It. That fucking rules, <laughs> and so I'm going Paul Blart Mall Cop, even though I'm confl- I, even though I'm conflicted about it. I mean, let's be real, man. Like, we actually got to see. So what? You can say that that obviously that Dennis was Dennis was successful, right? Meaning he's competent. But we're talking about a movie here. We want to see it almost in a way. We got, at least got to see what Vec was up to. Little build up, very anticlimactic, and then that was it, pretty much. Honestly, you robbed us of more Michael Pena, and I'm upset by that alone. 
I mean, Paul Blart, too, just throwing this out there, there's a lot of Segway action. And on the roof, you know, when he... I mean, this is, I think, one of his... Is this... This has nothing to do with this round, I don't think. Yeah, he's chasing one of the the, skateboarder The skateboarder guys, like the rivalry crew. And he, like, throws them through the, the glass ceiling and they fall into the ball pit. That was cool. I thought that was pretty cool. And that is linked to... The segue jumps a building. I mean, sure, yeah. it involves the bad guys, but who's the better bad guy is kind of what we're getting into. No, I think I think Eric's point is valid. I think that is a bad guy. That's someone involved in the heist. Right. I will say that what ruins that scene for me is when he rides out of the ball pit <laughs> on the segue because that is fucking absurd and so stupid and I hate it. <laughs> It's so Adam that, Sandler. Though. That it's one, like, yeah, yeah, it's so Adam Sandler. But that one shot is just like, dude, fuck all the way off with that. I actually enjoyed that part, but <laughs> we all know that I enjoy incredibly mediocre things, and I'm, I guess I'm, I'm for a cheap laugh. Yeah, yeah, I guess you are. So that is a clean sweep yeah. in round five. All right, so we are going to take a quick break here for a second to tabulate our scores, and then we will be back with closing arguments and Bruce Buffer Bean. All right, so we are back, and we have our closing arguments. Sarah, what's... What's your overall stance on this battle of mall cop movies? <laughs> battle of the mall cops. So, hearing how you're talking about observe and report, like it's trying to be dark, but it doesn't really go there. It's like sabotaging itself. So I was thinking about the streaker, the person who exposes himself, and I'm like, is this movie trying to expose things um either societally or whatever but it keeps getting like taken down from within its own movie so the fact that it's self-sabotaging its own success kind of is built into this like um like imagery or whatever like analogy of this exposer that is being hunted by what's his name barney and then is like shot and then is the only person to have any consequences come about so it's like is the movie did it do that on purpose like it sabotaged itself on purpose because it's trying to expose stuff but it then internally turns on that itself probably not and then i watched paul blart after and i think i liked it because i hated observe and report so much and i was like yeah, I, I enjoyed it, which if I watched it on its own, who knows? So that's my closing argument, Paul Blart, all the way. Eric, what about you? Yeah, so it's actually surprising because if I were to see Paul Blart without Observe and Report ever existing, I'd probably be like, this movie was fine but predictable. I kind of wish it was darker. I kind of wish like someone did die or there was blood or like, you know, um, I usually feel that way like when I watch other types of movies. I'm like, this is... The, the formula like it works you know that's why they use it but most of the time I, I wish at the ending there was a twist I wish the person you know would not survive or maybe they would not be up like end up together that kind of thing so it's surprising to me that I actually prefer Paul 
blart over observe and report because observe and report just like wasn't that like that good to me um just overall like the first like few minutes i'm like oh a seth rogan movie i like some of those um you know let's like this movie and i just really couldn't so yeah that's why i'm thinking paul blart but also one other thing i'm going to say with observe and report it was a little like awkward especially with the streaker at the end running towards um brandy who obviously you know had a traumatic experience with that like i'm just like this isn't really that funny to me i'm like this i wish we lived in a world where this didn't happen in a kind of a silly way but um yeah like i kind of wish it didn't happen and i kind of wish maybe she could just kick him in the balls and be like dude like get out of here but uh yeah it sucks that that happened i did like the pixie song at the end when they played where is my mind that's probably my favorite part but closing argument arguments is paul blart beam First off, that was a shitty cover of Where Is My Mind by the Pixies. Like, let's be perfectly honest. It was I just not like the very song. good. I like no, the song. I like the song, but it was a shit cover. I think I think everyone here has kind of said what I was <clears throat> what I was gonna say. Although as I and I and I mentioned it earlier, if it was try if Observe and Report was trying to be something more than just a slapstick comedy in many, in a way, or not slapstick, but just a raunchy comedy, which is kind of what it felt to me is what it was going for and again if it was attempting something else it it failed greatly and you know what i'm not going to take responsibility for that i'm going to absolve myself of any sort of responsibility for that and put that everyone on the put that all on the writing and directing team which i guess is really just jody hill at this stage so also no one gets raped and we don't make light of it at all in paul blart mall cop so I don't know. I, I don't know if there's much more that I need to say other than that. Yeah, I mean, am I allowed to say no one wins? I mean, yeah. you've wanted to say that no one wins, but someone does win here. It's your show. In this show, someone does win, but I, I, I get the sentiment. So the sentiment that I am saying is that nobody wins here because both these movies are awful. I hate both these movies. Paul Blart, I hate because... I hate formulaic comedy. I hate comedy in which they set up a character that is supposed to be heroic and they treat them like shit. I hate observe and report because it sets out to do something that I actually really respect and enjoy. Who wouldn't want to see it? it? And then it fails miserably and it ends up just being like, why would I want to watch this? So... I hate both these movies. Where I am settling because someone has to win is I'm settling with Paul Blart because at least it succeeded in what it set out to do, even though I hate what it set out to do. But at least it was successful in that. So that is like the most ultimate participation <laughs> trophy if I've ever heard it is. one. This is this is the bottom most card of a UFC fight that <laughs> could ever exist. This is just awful i hate both these movies i am very excited to never revisit either of these again because they're just not good like in any way and so you know if i have to pick a winner i'm picking paul blart i just i'm excited to never have to revisit these that is all i mean i don't i don't want to be the one to 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 change your analogy i think that's a fine analogy what i will say is what I view this more as is 
it's just a tournament, right? Where any team played, and you'd get a participation trophy. Paul Bart, get, Paul, hold on, no, no, hold on. Paul Bart gets a participation trophy, right? Unfortunately, Observant Report would have gotten a participation trophy, but it disqualified itself and got kicked out of the tournament because it went around and threw the F bomb, the R bomb, and then had someone get date raped. So it just doesn't get anything. It's like this a, is a 16 versus 16 matchup in March Madness. No one wants to see <laughs> it. Who's the MMA fighter who used to be in the NFL, but he was he's horrible? Greg Hardy, yeah, actually. This I is Greg Hardy. Hardy versus. Greg Hardy? Yeah. Greg Hardy no. versus Greg Hardy? No, Greg Hardy versus... No, this is Greg Hardy versus CM Punk. Now, I get that the... Yeah. I get that the <laughs> weight classes are, like, vastly different. One's a heavyweight and the other, I think, fought at a welterweight or a middleweight. Like, you don't but hate like, CM Punk, but... No, you don't hate CM Punk. You, 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 CM Punk tried. He failed miserably, but he tried, right? Or it was more just like, you know, he, he was given a leg up because people know like who he was. Trying to but do. no one liked Greg Hardy... <laughs> And Greg Hardy still continued to be unliked and just stays unliked. So that's kind of how I feel about it. Yeah. With um, That's how I feel about Observant Report, at least. So Greg Hardy is Paul Blart? No. You hate him? No, no, no. Greg Hardy is clearly Observant Report. Yeah. And CM Punk, like, you just don't like what he's trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's a wrestler trying to become a fighter. Yeah. we've Maybe we've seen this sort of thing before. We don't need it. Yeah. That's a good one. All right. Let's get to Bruce Buffer Beam with the official announcement of our verdict. Ladies and gentlemen, after five rounds, we go to the judges' scorecards for a decision. The judges scored the contest 48-46, 49-45, 48 and 50-44. And for your winner, and new... Champion of the best movie from 2009 about a depressingly pathetic mall security guard, Paul Blart Mall Cop! Can someone just hit the crickets because neither of these deserve a rounding ovation? What is the crickets? Can you please hit the the light blue one? There is a Paul Blart Mall Cop. My God. Okay. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Sarah on the keys. I can't turn the laugh off. Yeah, because it doesn't go off. All right. Paul Blart Mall Club. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. You know what? That was as calamitous as either of the plots of these movies. I thought if you yep, press one, sure. another one would turn off. All right. So that brings us to the end. In my humble opinion, we all lost because we spent three hours watching these movies, another two hours recording this podcast. I actually watched the last 20 minutes of Observe and Report again, so attack another 20 minutes. I tried to remember what it was. Turns out I remembered exactly what happened, and it just, I don't care. This is five hours of our life that we'll never get back. So really, we all lost. Uh, Beam, Sarah, Eric... It's been an absolute pleasure has to it, share this awfulness with you all. Has guys. it been a pleasure? Thank you. Like this this has been painful to watch these movies, as you said. Thank you for I guess it's fun to yeah. discuss it. I guess to I don't know. I, I guess where I'm at is I am glad I shared it with you all. Yeah. Who I'm so close with. That is nice. I mean, because I'm gonna be if I'm gonna be cute about it. Because the situation feels as dark as the inside of the mall and observant report. <laughs> 
So that's that's kind of where I feel like we're at. Actually, this was just basically this took place in the the set of Observe and Report. This conversation. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, like if you got to hear in this podcast and you were thinking about watching these movies, just don't. Like you've gotten everything you need to know from what we've discussed here. There's nothing of value in either movie. I don't think this should more, make you uh, want to watch Die Hard. <laughs> more, more importantly, watch Die Hard. Watch Die Hard. But more importantly, I think we owe an apology to anyone that may listen to this podcast. And the reason why is the reason why is I think we we had a really fun loving, I think energetic episode about summer jams, and we followed it up with two movies that are just. There's no winning in either of them. You can follow us on Back Porch <laughs> Media. You can follow us at Porchback Media on Instagram and Twitter, respectively. You can follow us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on all those things. Please don't hold this episode against us. We were just trying to be completist about the twin film series. I mean, if there's another one out Eric. there that you guys know that we can actually replace this one, this seating with, please, please tell us. We would be glad because this is the clearly the 16 versus 16 play-in and nobody watches it. So, Eric, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for joining us, even though this was painful. We love you, man. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to uh, the next invitation, as long as that does not get lost in the mail. Sarah, thank you as well because you keep joining us and you just keep getting better. Like your diehard take on this, like fucking A plus, good for you. Thank you. I appreciate that because I barely watch any movies and I'm glad I was allowed in my living room for two hours. So thank you. <laughs> Noted. Oh my goodness. And so listen back to some of the older twin films series that were actually good, like Armageddon. No, I mean, like this is a this Deep is a Impact. good episode. Like, I, like, let's not say that this is a bad episode, but like, come on now. Uh, that remains to be seen. But Dante's <laughs> Peak versus Volcano is out there. Armageddon versus Deep Impact is out there. Twister versus Nightwish is out there. Sorry, that got a little cut up on our end, Corey. But that was Twister versus Night of the Twisters. If if people, because people need to know there is a movie out there called Night of the Twisters. The Devin Sawa classic, and we will have more coming up. White House Down versus Olympus has fallen. No strings attached versus Friends with Benefits. With Beam just keeps putting off on me because apparently he hates rom coms and feelings. Oh, yeah, I hate feelings. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And so those are some of the ones we have coming up. But, yeah, look out. We are doing more of these twin films. We'll see you all later. And we're going to pit them all against each other. Bye, everyone. Bye.